Welcome to the C3 Church Podcast. We're currently in our series, Back to Life. Stay tuned for this week's message. Let's pray. Father, I thank you right now that your word is alive, living, active, sharper than any two-edged sword. Father, I thank you for an open heaven in this place. Lord, we don't need to hear from a a woman today. We need to hear from heaven. Lord, I thank you that we're going to hear the voice within the voice. We've got our ears attuned, Lord, to hear what you would have to say to us. Oh, God, I don't know each person here this morning personally and individually, but you do. I don't know what they're going through today, but you do. And God, no matter what I say, Lord, it's what you do with what I say that matters. And I just pray, Lord, that you will do some powerful stuff in the lives of your people today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I just want to start by sharing a story of, um, of my health crisis. Uh, some of you may be aware that at the beginning of, of this year, I got quite ill. Um, and for those of you who, who, who aren't aware, I'm just going to hit the highlights not going to give you the amplified version because believe me there is one uh but in a nutshell this is what happened Sec- second of february uh, this year i was on long service leave in actual fact the first long service leave i've had in 20 years of full-time ministry i was actually only up to week three and i woke up we now call that day in our household a, a bad thursday uh, my husband has coined second of february 2012 as bad thursday because i woke up as any other normal day, my feet hit the floor as I got out of bed. This pain shot up through the soles of my feet, up my legs, and I realized that I, I couldn't walk. I'd gone to bed fine the night before, but I, I couldn't walk. Well, I could, but I, I, I kind of would walk like this. It was like I was jelly from the waist down. It was kind of a bit like a thunderbird on drugs, to be honest. I was sort of like, I was sort of like a bit like, a bit like this. And, um, you know, I can laugh now, but to be honest, it was the single most terrifying moment of my life. And as I looked at my husband, hadn't gone to, uh, to work yet, and I said to him, babe, I can't walk. I can't walk. And, and now Damien is a very cool customer. I mean, I, I have seen him, you know, in the midst of all sorts of circumstances. Nothing phases this guy, I'm telling you. But th- at this moment, I saw the blood drain from his face and I thought, I'm in trouble. I actually rang my osteopath. That was the first guy I rang. So I thought, man, maybe something's gone in my neck, my back. He said, Vicky, ring an ambulance and ring it quick. So I got the ambulance, went to an uh, emergency at Manly Hospital. I was, I was there. Uh, Jules Matt came and, and supported me. Mama Chris came and... and uh, you know, we didn't know what was happening. The neurologist didn't know what was happening. No one in that place, God bless them, knew what was happening. And it was uh, after about six hours, they wanted to send me to a rehabilitation center with all the geriatrics. And I, I went, no, 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 like Amy Winehouse. They wanted to send me to rehab. No, no, no. And not putting me there. So I said to Damien, let's get the heck out of here. And uh, we uh, went and saw my GP who sent me to um, a neurological physiotherapist to have some assessments. And um, I mean, I felt it all along that it was a virus because I just felt so sick with it. It wasn't just, a, I actually felt sick. Actually, to be honest, it, it was a sudden thing, but at the same time, it wasn't. Weeks leading up to it, some strange things that started to happen. My fingers had started to twitch. My vision was starting to go. And uh, I, I, I had actually a lot of the symptoms of multiple sclerosis, 
So I went through the journey of being tested for that, MRIs. I've had every test under the sun. I mean, they eliminated brain tumour, they eliminated stroke, they eliminated a lot of that scary stuff, but they still didn't know, to be honest, what, what, what it was uh, for some weeks. But I remember, actual, actual fact, uh, February the 3rd, that first day I woke up, not, be, not to be honest, knowing if, if I was actually going to wake up that day. Because, you know, when you go to bed one night and you've woken up and gone through a trauma like that, you kind of, well, I was a bit nervous as to whether I would actually wake up on day two. I woke up and, and I remember as I got out of bed, Damien was, 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 was still asleep. And I, at that point, the first, uh, first few days, I didn't even have any balance. So if I tried to turn, I would fall. And so I got out and I just sort of like, I remember holding the wall just uh, of, our, of, our, of our home, just heading down to, um, to sit in the lounge room. And as I sat, I, 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 just, I just wept, to be honest, that I was alive. You know, when I got born again, I, I hadn't heard any messages of prosperity. I hadn't heard any messages of healing. I hadn't. And uh, when I came to Christ, I, I, was, I was just so wrapped that I'd met him. And that he was my reward. God was my reward. And I kind of came back to that place where, oh God, I'm alive and so are you and I'm so grateful. <laughs> and, and Jeremiah 29, 11 came to me. And that verse says this, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for good, not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. Now, to be honest, I'd gone a bit cold on Jeremiah 29, 11. I mean, you know, people writing every birthday card, you know, it was sort of like, oh, yeah, yeah, here we go again, Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans. I used to say to people when I was training them to prophesy, if you don't know what else to say, say Jeremiah 29, 11. That's a good one. People love that. Uh, I know the plans I have for you. But I tell you what, when you don't know if you have a future or a hope, Jeremiah 29, 11 is a pretty good scripture to get from the Lord. And so... We just uh, continued on our journey of, uh, of diagnosis and um, through a series of, uh, of events and, and, and a miracle, I managed to see a doctor who'd actually, who actually was um, fully booked for the next six months, but someone who knew him managed to get me in there, uh, specialised actually in things like viruses. And, and yes, he identified that I did have a virus and it had inflamed my brainstem and cervical spinal cord. What's more, it had um, actually already caused uh, some damage. Thank God we actually got to him when we did because he said I was well on the way to living life in a wheelchair. So... We found out what it was, and I had to I had to start to learn how to walk again. Went to neurophysio, take me through different exercises, and anyway, one morning I'd got up and I was just spending my time with God as I do. And I felt the Holy Spirit tell me to turn to the story of Mary and Martha, a story which I've read many times, very familiar with, actually preached messages on. And so I turned, I'm going to read to you today from Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42. It says this, now it happened as they went that Jesus entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat 
Everyone say sat. Sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. In the Amplified Version, verse 41, Jesus says to Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. And God said to me that morning, Vicky, you think you need to learn how to walk again? You actually need to learn how to sit again. Said so you have lost the ability to sit. And what you've lost, and just what if you have lost the ability to walk? So you, in actual fact, can learn how to sit all over again. And I'm here today to say that there are some of you, and you have lost the ability to sit to sit like Mary at his feet, to sit in that place of listening to him. Now, it's not that I'd stopped reading my Bible. It's not that I'd even stopped praying. It's not that I'd stopped doing those spiritual things. But do you know what? Even when I would come into the presence of the Lord, it would be like my brain was just bouncing off the inside of my head. It was like thoughts would continue to rush, to run. You know, it was like I would have, there'd be just this churning and this rushing of spirit. And the Lord said to me so clearly, just sit, Vic. Just sit. Like Martha, like Martha, I had been stopped from sitting in the presence of God because of something. You see, this is what Jesus said to Martha. When she was whinging and complaining that Mary wasn't helping her make the sandwiches that she was busy preparing in the kitchen, this is what, this is what he said to her. He said, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. Many things. It was like Jesus had a word of knowledge at that moment. It was like he saw a bit deeper. Because, I mean, all appearances said that she was worried about what was cooking in the kitchen and that she'd really had a gutful of her lazy sister who was just sort of sitting there doing nothing. That's how it appeared, that that really what was getting on a goat. But, but Jesus, Jesus said to her, you are anxious and troubled about many things. The thing that will stop you sitting at the feet of Jesus is anxiety. The thing that will stop you sitting, will stop you coming into the rest that is yours, that is rightfully yours, that has been, has been purchased. Jesus purchased rest for us, rest of soul. Not inactivity, not passivity. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a place where we can come and we can encounter God and we can know great rest in order to receive, in order to hear from him. Martha didn't sit with Mary. Yes, she was distracted with, with, with much serving. The word says that, that she was distracted with much serving. And busyness, the spirit of busyness can be an enemy. But I felt the Lord wanted me to focus this morning on this one thing, anxiety. Anxiety. Anxiety rips you off. Anxiety robs you of the life and joy that is yours. Worry, stress, and 
And Jesus said to Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, many things. What are your things today? What are your things? What are the things that you worry about, that you get anxious about? I mean, for me, I reckon uh, most of the time it's either about money or family. Obviously, I've had a few health things to worry about this year. But money and family. I have a mother who's getting older. She lives in Perth. She fell last week, dislocated her arm, got to go. So that stuff, that stuff makes me anxious. You know, there's some of you here today and it's, it's stuff going on in your family. You know, maybe for you it's financial hardship, pressures, business challenges. I mean, there's, there's some stuff going down, the area of relationships. Maybe there's been some health challenges for you. I mean, what, through my journey, during that time particularly when I was seeking a diagnosis, it was a bit, you know, it was a little bit anxious at times, thinking, well, what exactly is this that I'm dealing with and is it going to go away? I mean, whatever your things are, know today that God wants to set you free from anxiety because he wants to set you free to sit. Set you free to do something different and sit. Just rest for a moment. Come into the presence of God to hear from him. Isn't it interesting? You see, Martha sat. Okay, Martha, Ma, Mary sat. Sorry, we've got to get, be careful with your Marys and your Marthas. Mary sat. And as she sat, what did Jesus do? You see, because Jesus didn't just sort of like oh, sit down with her and, you know, kick up his feet in a recliner rocker and switch the telly on. What did he do? Jesus did something. He spoke. He gave his word. He did what he did. Jesus did what only he could do. He started to impart. He started to download. He started to give Mary that which she needed to hear. He was active and she was in that place of rest. As she sat and gave him space, gave him room. Jesus spoke. Some of you here today, you need to hear. You need to hear afresh. When I talk about the voice of God, I'm not talking about an audible voice that comes over the amplifier of heaven. I'm not talking about hearing strange voices and I've got to go and get locked up somewhere. I'm talking about that light that comes and that just clears that darkness. I'm talking about a knowing. When you just know something you didn't know before or you just get a thought that you didn't generate, you didn't initiate. It came from heaven. Mary was in that place to rest and God did the rest. As she came into a place of rest, God did the rest. Jesus did what he does. He did his best. And, 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 and sitting before Jesus, sitting before Jesus, it's not a place of passivity or inactivity. It's not the same. I'm not, I'm, I'm not condoning laziness. An opportunity just to sit on your bum and do nothing for the rest of your life. This is spiritual activity. This is spiritual activity. It involves your focus. It involves your engagement. But it activates spiritual power. It activates spiritual power. You know, the Lord said to me during, during the, this, this journey, one morning he said to me, Vicky, why have you come out of the closet? Yeah, just so you know, I'm straight, okay? I'm married. We're not talking about that kind of closet, okay? Why have you come out of the closet? And he reminded me in Matthew chapter 6, verse 6, you know, the, the Lord talked about the closet, the prayer closet, the place where you go away, the secret place. And you know what? Hey, I, 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 I would have I said I was a prayer. You know, I, I, would even, I would even say I'm an intercessor. 
small I, not a Heidi Wiseman capital I, but small I intercessor. Like I, I like to pray. I love to get, but, but the Lord reminded me that, that you see the closet, yeah, it's not just representing your wardrobe. You know what I mean? It, it, we're not talking about necessarily physical closet. We are talking about a space. We are talking about a place where it's just you and him. And I know sometimes practically that's not easy. I know that you might have distractions. You know, moms with little kids, it can be difficult. We live in a one-bedroom apartment. There's not a whole lot of space there, but I've created a closet. I go out on the balcony. I throw the doona over our, uh, we've got a, a railing, a um, clothes hanger thing. Throw the doona over that so the neighbours in the apartments next door can't look in and see what I'm doing. Um, I got myself a closet. I got myself a space. I got myself a place to sit and rest there on my green suede sofa. And I, I encounter God in a whole new way to what I have been for many years. It's a, new, it's a new season. It's a new day of encountering the presence of God. I believe God is bringing us, even as a church, into a whole fresh encounter. I see people and you've been numb to the presence of God in your day-to-day life. It's like, where are you, God? Where have you gone? I tell you what, you're getting reignited afresh. God's drawing you into that place to sit to sit like Mary and to hear there's revelation for the asking, the wisdom that you need, the direction that you need. You need answers. I'm telling you, they're there. There's stuff that's been held back. He's been holding it back for a season. I believe this season is upon us. We're going to receive those answers, those breakthroughs, the, the, the revelation that, that, that you've been crying out for. Martha served and Mary sat. And Jesus said, Mary had chosen the better part. She'd chosen the good part and it would not be taken away from her. Didn't mean that what Martha was doing was bad. It didn't mean that serving was bad. I mean, let's just imagine for a moment how that scenario might have looked if Martha was sitting with Mary as well. I mean, maybe after the time of sitting, then would be the time hey, to, to rustle up some, some dinner in the kitchen. And it wouldn't have been so stressful. I mean, sometimes it's just the order of things. I mean, everything's got their place, got their time. You know, I mean, I don't advocate of life of just locking yourself away in the closet. You've got to come out and be useful, you know. You've got to come, come out and, 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 and serve as well. But I'm telling you something, that there is, there, there is an order of things. And there are some people here today, and you're not sitting or serving. I mean, just because you're not serving doesn't mean you're sitting. Yeah, come on, let's believe for some activation here today. So, you know, perhaps where, you know, you've gone a bit dormant. You know, maybe discouragement, hey, can do that to you. You know, disillusionment can do that to you. Actually, there's some visitors here. You come from another church. You've had an experience in another church. You're a bit disillusioned. You're keeping it, you know, things at arm distance right now. But I'll tell you what, there's opportunity for a new day. Opportunity for a new day. Yeah, and to encounter God, it's all, I mean, really, at the end of the day, hey, it's about Him. Him first. Come on, get back into the God zone. Come back into that place of trusting Him, loving Him. We're in danger. We're in danger, I believe, of of undervaluing the value of sitting down. I don't think our 21st century Western psyche really copes with it very well. Psalm 139 verse 2 says, You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You know, we do place a lot of value on rising up. I've traveled a lot. Last 20 years, full-time traveling ministry. I've gone to churches, rise up ministries, arise. I mean, we love, we love that message, hey? I've never been to a church called sit down. 
You know, because I think it just does, you know, it kind of just sounds like it's passive. It just doesn't, doesn't sound very strong, doesn't sound very motivating. But I'm, I'm telling you what, I'm sensing a real hunger in the soul of the 21st century Aussie here in 2012 for some rest and for some peace. God wants to set us free from our anxieties. He wants to set us free from our fears today. You know, in my 20s, I was diagnosed with an anxiety disorder. I was on medication for, for some time. I used to suffer with panic attacks. People think I'm neurotic now. You should have seen what I was like then. Um, and and it, I, I know what it is. I know what it is to be on the journey of getting set free of those things. I've still got a way to go. Fear is probably my Achilles heel on one side and rejection on the other. But I'm telling you something, boy, it's, God has so set me free of so much. Oh, oh, and, and God wants to set people free from anxieties. Maybe you, there is someone here today, you too have an anxiety disorder. You know what it is to battle panic attacks. I believe God is going to do something today to break the yoke so that you can continue in a road of recovery, renewing your mind and living a, a life of freedom. For some of you, it's, it's circumstantial. It's situational now. It's just the season that you're in. There's some stuff going down, but it's like it's spiraling. You, you kind of, you're in the, you're in this, uh, what do they call it? Downward spiral. You feel like you're getting sucked in to this place of fear and worry. And, and, and we're going to come. We're going to come. We're going to sit for a moment. Because I believe God wants to set us free to come into that place where stuff happens. Stuff happens when you sit. I've been amazed myself now just as I really, I'm just, I'm just doing my time with God different. That's the only way I can explain it. You know, this whole journey has been the worst time and the best time of my life. This whole sickness journey, I call it season neurovirus. It's been the worst and the best of times because it's been the biggest jolt to me as to what the heck I am doing and how I am living my life. And, and I pray that you don't have to have that kind of jolt. Some of us people take those things for the benefit of others. Hey, to bring, to, to bring the, the alarm, to alert you, come on, come on, let's get back to that place. Back to that place of sitting, sitting with Jesus. He said it's necessary. He said it's the best part. He said it will not be taken away from you. Some of you used to know how to sit. Guys, have the worship team return. Some of you used to know how to sit, but you've lost the ability. You've lost, you've lost the ability. You used to know. You're thinking, why? Why is it not like how it used to be? Just maybe you've got to learn how to sit again. Matthew 11, verse 28 to 30. I'm just going to read from the Message Bible. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. Can I just ask everyone right now, I just want you to close your eyes. I just want you to consider the things I've been saying this morning. Just consider. What's your, what, what's your spiritual life like today? What, what is your relationship with God like? Where are you at with Him? I don't know you all personally. I don't know where you're at with God. I don't know if you know him. If each and every one of you here today has surrendered your life to the Lord, say, God, I'm not going to live life my way anymore. I'm going to live life your way. To receive his forgiveness, to, free, to receive his free gift of eternal life. As Pastor Mark said earlier, not just heaven in the future, but heaven now. 
you know, when I gave my life to the Lord, I was 19 years old. My family thought it was a fad, a phase. It's a phase that's lasted 30 years. Best decision I ever made was when I admitted I needed him. And you know, all I did was I, I opened my heart. I mean, I didn't totally understand what was going on, but I just prayed a prayer where I just said, God, I want to connect with you. I mean, I need you. I'm not doing life that, that well, to be honest, on my own. I, I, I need you. And I believe there's someone here today, and you know what? You've never actually prayed a prayer where you have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You might believe in God, and you've always believed in God, but you haven't gone that, that, that extra step extra step to receive Jesus into your heart well maybe you have in some time past but you're not living like it anymore and and today the Lord is knocking on your heart saying come back come back come on get on track come back to me come back to that place come back maybe even anxieties and fears have totally separated you from your relationship with him whatever the case might be but you know today that you need to make a fresh decision. Yep, you need to open up the door of your heart and admit your need for God to receive Jesus into your heart, whether for the first time or another time, makes no difference to him or to me. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church podcast. Visit us online at myc3church.net. Join us next time for more great teaching.